Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Balls Deep Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Balls Deep Dynasty Fantasy Football League right here in Ireland. Your host, Alan Byrne, alongside as ever, Bourne's himself, Owen Byrne. Owen, under the weather in more ways than one this week. Yeah, yeah, for sure, Alan. Good to be back again this week. A little under the weather and not a great week fancy for me. Yeah, the the cold and flus are back uh, after their COVID hiatus of 2020. I'm just out the end of it myself. I'm just beginning to get into it. And uh, yeah, just got to uh, grin and bear it. But the podcast goes on. The show must go on, as they say. That's it, that's it. And the NFL goes on. Another stellar week of football. Week three in the books now. Uh, started out with a, a routine win Thursday night for the Panthers. Carolina 3-0 and for the first time since 2015. The year they went to the Super Bowl with Cam Newton. So we'll see how that works out. Uh, other big wins. Uh, big wins on the week. A big Big win for the Atlanta Falcons away at the Giants. Low scoring 17-14, but get that victory in the Giants. 0-3 looking looking awful from the start. Yeah, for sure. The Giants just haven't looked good at all. Danny Dimes fighting for his life every game. And his accuracy hasn't been there. Like the Falcons have been poor this year as well. And trying to get them trying to beat get beaten by them as well is not um not going to be helpful for their uh, their season. Not a good look, no way. And uh, and uh, and uh, and the hometown Jets as well also shut out at the Broncos, twenty six to zip. Lost twelve straight games in September. The Jets have longest active streak in the NFL. They're lucky they're heading into October this week. Albeit they're four and zero. The last uh, Every time they get shut out, they lose the following week as well. So uh, it's a, it's an uphill climb for the Jets also. Yeah, it's going to be an uphill climb for them at every game. They are poor. Yeah, yeah. Big wins also came from the Rams beating the champion Buccaneers 34-24. Even a flattering scoreline. They looked outstanding. They're gone to 3-0. and The Buffalo Bills hammered a Washington football team 43-21. Josh Allen, first Buffalo player in history, with four passing touchdowns, zero interceptions, and a rushing touchdown in a game. They're looking good. Cardinals, hammer the Jaguars. They're gone to three and zero. NFC best, still looking good. And then we had a doozy, a doozy late Sunday night. 49ers, Packers, back and forth. Packers all over the 49ers. 49ers come back to take the lead. 30 seconds remaining. Aaron Rodgers sprinkled some magic. Mason Crosby hits a winner, 30-28. Could have been a 3-0 and start for the for the 49ers, but more importantly, could have been a 1-2 and start for the Packers. Instead, they're both 2-1. and Yeah, uh, some great games there. Um, the Niners, I felt, left behind them. Uh, some people thought the Packers were out, played outstanding, but I think it was the Niners' game to lose there, and they did lose it. Um, Rams looked impressive again against the Bucs. And my misery was not aided when the Browns made shit at the Bears. <laughs> I was just about to get to there. Just about to get there. Browns, yes, Howard, the Bears. The Bears would one net passing yard for the day. I mean, one yard for the day. Justin Fields on his debut. 
a game to a game to forget for for poor young Mr. Fields. Yeah, well, look, we mentioned last week we've been watching the games together last weekend, and you saw the depression written all over my face. <laughs> yeah, I kept telling I kept telling him stop watching that game. You know, it was doing it was doing his uh, ruining my night. Doing himself no good. Doing himself no good. Other highlights: the New Orleans Saints get their first win in Foxborough against the Patriots since 1995. Big victory there, 28 to 13, and a highlight probably of the weekend. An amazing NFL record-setting kick with Justin Tucker of the Baltimore Ravens, 66 yards, doinks off the crossbar, goes over to win the game and for a new NFL record. Yeah, obviously an outstanding kick, um, and really. They needed it to gloss over the horrendous performance they put on against the Lions. Um, now I all everyone can do is talk about the kick now. So winning uh, makes the problems go away. <laughs> That's apparently. for sure. That's for sure. All right. Again, we're into week three. Every week we've got some injuries. More piled up this week. Started with CMC Thursday night. Yeah, CMC down with a hamstring. Chub uh, Hubbard came in, looked okay. Whether they use him the way they use CMC going forward, only time will tell. They didn't put him on um, short-term IR, which is, you know, a good thing. But it's a good miss, only a week or two, depending on uh, on how it goes. But look, if Mike Davis's performances last year are any indication, Chuba Hubbard should be uh, should be in line to have a good one. Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, hamstrings can be tricky though, so we'll have to. That'll be week to week for sure. We'll keep an eye on things there. Yeah, wide receiver trouble in Tennessee and in New York for the Giants. Yeah, um, the Giants, Slayton and Shepard both picking up injuries last weekend, both leaving the game in the first quarter. Uh, came back, ruled out for the rest of the game. Tennessee, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones both dealing with hamstring injuries as well. Um, A.J. Brown left the game last week and didn't return. Julio kind of... I think they only realised it kind of after the game. Hamstring, niggling at him. Again, those are tricky injuries, so both guys are not um, ruled in or out yet for, for this weekend's games. Yeah, and finally, Juju, the other big name uh, to pick up pick up a knock this week. Yeah, uh, Juju picked up uh, its bruised ribs. Um, the good news coming out that it wasn't broken ribs or anything uh, worse. Just a bit of bruised ribs. Should be. He might be able to play Sunday. Uh, we'll see how things go there, but if he misses time, it'll probably just be the one week. Yeah, a lot of rib injuries going around, going around. It's the new, uh, the, the new thing to have. New thing to have. Yeah, for sure. Alrighty, that's it for the news for week three. Let's head to our week three ball Steve fantasy rundown. Uh. in the books another high scoring fun matchup Monday night between the Eagles and Cowboys saw out the fantasy weekend our game of the week comes from the below average Joes division where a close albeit low scoring tilt between Porrex I might have to trade side and Quinny's Dalvin and the Chipmunks this one was back and forth all weekend the Chipmunks were minus Dalvin this week but replacement Madison didn't skip a beat gaining over 20 points Chase also hit the 20-point mark, with Prescott, Burrow, and Gordon all hitting in the mid to high teens. 
In response, I might have to trade only had Kareem Hunt hit into the 20s. Evans, Mayfield, and a record-breaking night from kicker Justin Tucker put in good nights each. But that's where the good ended for both sides. And the mediocre battle ensued. The Chipmunks had Williams, Hawkinson, Moore, kicker and defense total just 17.3 points. Woof. In response, Pork's outfit had another poor night from Tyreek Hill. With Juju, Gronk and Sanders all failing to reach double digits. So we headed into Monday night with the Chipmunks needing a huge night from Dak. The only problem was he was thrown to Porrick's C.D. Lamb, which pushed him to victory. It was a game that I might have to trade needed to have to avoid a 3-0 start to the season. They came good in a close one and end week 3-1-2. The Dalvinless Chipmunks also end week 3-1-2. and two. Yeah, definitely a tight matchup here and definitely one where the winner had less players let him down. <laughs> but uh yeah. low scoring affair here, um but um definitely uh Park needed to win this one to to avoid that 0 three start. Um Yeah. It's a nice performance from Alexander Madison uh, in place of Dalton Cook. And yeah. Cream Hunt just seemed to be untap untackleable against the Bears. They just and take him down every time he ran into any Bears player he seemed to bounce out a tackle and run another 10 yards before he was taken down it and, was, you saw, and you saw every one of those runs on it was quite depressing <laughs> <laughs> but even more depressing on was the beatdown of the week touted by Benny Big Balls as the Super Bowl possible Balls deep final preview it left a lot to be desired after CMC's early injury Thursday night, a broad smile was on the face of the no-apologies anti-vaxxers. However, that's so raisins would soon be smiling as Sunday night progressed. Stafford, Moore, and Robinson all went over 20 points. Cooper Cup over 30 points. And a huge lead was in place. Only the Steelers failed to get to double digits Sunday night. In response, from Ben's side was pitiful. Kirk Cousins got 24.12 points on his own. That end up as almost 25% of the final team's total. In fact, five other players combined for little more than Cousins did on his own. A further fact, adding in all the players from the anti-vaxxers bench, they still take a beating this week. Woof! A high point for Ben, if you want to call it that was a four-point performance on Monday night for kicker Greg Zerline. And that did one thing for Ben. Helped him to just about avoid putting up the worst score of the season so far. <laughs> Yuck. That's so Ravens complete the sweep of the division and finish week three a league best 3-0. and And more importantly, already with a two-game lead over the rest of the division. The no-apologies anti-vaxxers should be the all-apologies anti-vaxxers after that performance and join the bunch on one and two. Quite an enjoyable matchup, I felt here. Uh, ben definitely feeling uh, feeling confident when CMC went down and it's enjoyable to see him <laughs> bite the big one. <laughs> uh, Stephen is definitely reaping the rewards of um, 
Cooper Cup's phenomenal start of the season, especially with that Stafford stack. He's been raking in the points the last uh, the last couple of weeks with that, and it's definitely helped him to a great three 0 start. Absolutely. Obviously, yeah. as you mentioned, Ben leapt down across the board by all of his bigger names and all of his lesser names. Pretty much everyone let him down this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, tough week, tough week watching. Uh, you know, was uh, it was it was scheduled to be a shootout, and uh, yeah, just 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 really didn't turn out that way. Uh, a lot of guys letting him down, and uh, you know that's what happens for sure. DJ Moore definitely seems to be the one in Carolina now. Um, any uh, any preseason Robbie Anderson talk is uh, fallen by the wayside now. It's all uh, DJ Moore there with Arnold. Yeah, that's it. That's it. All right. Game three. We move on to the suckiest bunch of sucks division. Where the no loss, kicking the squibs, took on the no win, mediocre football team. What was billed to be a close victory for the squibs turned out to be nothing of the sort. As the mediocre football team decided to join the league in a big way in week three. Justin Herbert reached over 30, while Kamara, Eckler, Metcalf, and the Cardinals D all put up big 20-plus point nights. Only Engram and Drake failed to fire as the mediocre football team stormed to the week's best score of 186.64 points. A kick in the squibs had no shot, but still put up little resistance. Sam Darnold hit 20 points Thursday night, but no one else would claim that milestone as the weekend went on. Murray, my boy Keenan, they were close, but they took too many duds. And that was the tale of the tape. Chubb, A-Rob, Woods, Cook, Seahawks D, all failing to pitch in significant contributions. And thus, the mediocre football team had to win. They did win, and now one and two. A kick in the squibs, thought they'd win. Win they didn't, and now two and one. Yeah, um, this is pretty bad. I felt pretty confident myself um, coming into this weekend, and it didn't pan out at all. Um, the way I thought it would, uh, I was let down across the board by several players, and to be fair, Adams put up a quite big number here and made it very difficult to beat, but I didn't get close. It was a bad week. Yeah, bad week. Just got to uh, erase it and move on. Erase it and move on. But Adam... Storming back in after two uh, after two poor weeks to start the season, he gets a big victory here and uh, and as I said, avoids that uh, avoids going zero three as well. Yeah, some of his uh, bigger names are uh, starting to produce um, produce the goods for him where they kind of had slow starts this season. Indeed. Well, elsewhere in that division, game four saw strange sweet cards Barkley take on the Kenneth Killers. Saquon's got off to a hot start Thursday night with a 20-plus point night for Brandon Cooks. Mahomes and Saquon added similar numbers Sunday night. However, these three players would account for more than 50% of the team's weekly score. An A.J. Brown early injury, another swing and a miss of Carlos Hyde, and some other duds see Saquon's falling, failing to break 130 points for the second straight week. In response, Kenneth Killers put up a good score with TB12, Swift and Jefferson matching the top three scorers of their opponents. Patrick, Kittle, Jones, and Davis all racked up double digits to ease Kenneth Killers 
to the W by more than 30 points. After a week one win, Strain Saquon's Barkley now lose two in a row and end up one and two. After a week one loss, Kenneth Killers now win two in a row and are two and one. What do you think? Yeah, some nice scoring here from uh, from Kieran. He's done well this week. Um, some big numbers from um, Brady and Jefferson in particular, as you said. And Swift uh, really seems to be getting it going for Detroit. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he'll be affected during game scripts of games they're not in and games they're in. Whether he'll be uh, with Jamal Williams there, whether he'll be catching a lot of passes or how that's going to work. Again, yeah, the uh, the coach the coach says he's uh, you're going to see a lot more Swift apparently this week. So yeah, well we'll see. Uh, the Bears typically have a, a pretty mean run defense, but the way they're playing at the moment, anyone can run over. So uh, is still one hundred percent has running back woes. Um, he has uh, Chuba Hubbard coming off the bench, but that's really only a short term solution to a, a long term problem. He might need to well, uh, find his way into a trade market. The first, the first solution is drop Carlos Hyde, not just from his starting lineup, but uh, from his squad. Uh, wholeheartedly Carlos, agree. Uh, Carlos just, uh, just, just not going to do it, you know. Yeah, but yeah, look, there's, I'm sure there's plenty of trade candidates out there. Just got to uh, find the right one. Yeah, definitely an important win here um, in division to get that uh, that winning record to start the season for Kieran. Yep, that's it. Moving finally to the Donkeys' Asses division. Game 5 saw Greendale's Benchwarmers take on the unbeaten I Got These Sneaky Hustlers. We got a lovely picture of these two as uh, things headed for kickoff Sunday evening. Green had a smile on his face. Ross had less so. But something tells me that these reactions changed quickly as the evening wore on. A high-scoring game from was good from both sides. Greendale saw 20-plus point nights from Tannehill, Patterson, Carr, and a 30-pointer from Adams. The Hustlers had 30-point nights themselves from Mike Williams. And while no one else hit 20 points, almost their entire team hit the mid-teens and teens and beyond. Greendale's had poor nights from Shepard, Smith, and Pitts, who combined for just 14.9 points. And that is where this game turned, as they were separated by just twenty or just sixteen point six points in the end. But a twenty-six point four performance from Emmanuel Sanders warmed the bench for Greendale's once more. The sneaky hustlers sweep the division and end week three a top time three and zero. Greendale's bench warmers a disappointing. One and two. Yeah, much like Ross here, uh, or much like Adam here, Ross uh, really tidy scoring pretty much across the board. Um, he's put up a big number and it was hard to beat. Um, even being let down in um, by one of his quarterbacks, and um, that's a difficult position to uh, to come back from. But uh, he's more than enough for Green here, who had some solid scoring himself. Maybe. Um, Kind of one end of the spectrum to the other. A lot of big scoring, a lot of small scoring. Um, but would have beaten any other loser in the league this week. So, you know, 
Bit of unlucky. And those mistake. tough losses to take. You put up a high score, you would have beaten anyone else except the person you're playing. And we do see that, you know, a lot of weeks throughout the season. Yeah, yeah. There's only a handful he would have lost to this week, and he just happened to run into one of them. So, bit unlucky on Green's part, but definitely some improvement to be done because, as you mentioned, points on the bench. Yep. They're going to kill you. They are. Finally, Game 6 saw the return of unnecessary roughness as they look to get their first win of the season against the fantasy football team. This one saw a lot of studs and a lot of duds on both sides. Unnecessary roughness had Josh Allen hit 33 and Najee Harris break out with 28. The fantasy football team had Hurts and Zeke get over 20 to keep pace. Unnecessary Roughness had Damien Harris, Jones, Sutton and Cooper failed to hit double digits. While the fantasy football team had Montgomery, Lawrence, Lockett, Prater and the Chiefs team failed to do likewise. Unnecessary Roughness kept this edge going across the board and they get the W they had to have by 26.4 points. Both teams in week three, one and two. Yeah, you definitely uh, reaped the rewards here this week, Alan, of um, Najee Harris finally coming good. A uh, huge week, obviously, from Josh Allen. It was, um, it's nice to see, definitely, be a, nice to see, definitely, as a manager, those uh, those earlier round picks, those high-ticket items uh, starting to come good for your team. Yeah. Um, yep. Definitely some holes to be filled. I mean, Julio, as we mentioned earlier, picked up an injury. Damien Harris didn't look good at all. And, you know, there's some holes to be filled there, but uh, definitely nice to pick up a win, I would assume. Especially being It was first. indeed. It was indeed. It was one, like, uh, three teams headed into the uh, into the week 0-2. All three teams win. Wins they had to have. Keep, yeah. keep themselves in it. And uh, it just goes down and shows a great competitiveness of the league. Two teams are three, you know. The rest are all two and one and one and two. Everyone's, it's all tight and it's all to play for. We've got eight weeks coming up of interdivisional matchups. So you won't play anyone in your division until way down in week 11. Yeah, it's going to be exciting because, as you said, everyone, it's all pretty tight. Um no one's going to definitely feel like they're out of it yet. Definitely going to 0-3 would have been hugely disheartening for anyone. But uh, no, everyone's in the mix and it's it's going to be exciting to move forward now. It sure is. It sure is. And move forward we will. This week's Coach of the Week. Here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence. So this week's Coach of the Week, we are giving to Adam and his mediocre football team. For the second week in a row, the Scrote of the Week becomes Goat of the Week. Adam turns it around from a pitiful 103 points last week to a crushing victory. His first of the season over kicking the squibs. And uh, yeah, deservedly Manager of the Week. Yeah, 100% gone from uh, bottom to top here. Uh, fair play, Adam. Put me to the sword. Never had a chance. Boom, there you go. That was the good. Let's get to the bad. 
man, you are one pathetic loser. Scroll coach of the week is going to Ben. And it's all apologies, anti-faxers. It was a poor, pitiful performance after again bigging himself up in the preview. I think that's the beauty of this one. It's, this makes it feel extra special. He was supremely confident. Uh, loved seeing CMC go down. And he's just put up a complete dot of a week. And he got absolutely axed by Stephen here. <laughs> despite the six-point Christian McCaffrey week. Oh, if McCaffrey had gone down, this could have been... Oh, this could have been a 100-point win here. Could have been. You know? Could have been. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's pretty embarrassing, Ben. That's pretty embarrassing for you, Ben. I hope you feel embarrassed. You've been pretty quiet in the group <laughs> chat this week. <laughs> but look, try not to break the tradition now this week of winning after getting a scroll of the week. That would be even more embarrassing. Yeah, a lot, a, a lot on his shoulders. Uh, as you rightly say, we look forward to next week's action. Can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. So, week four, more and more and more juicy matchups. The one and two, unnecessary roughness, take on the two and one Kenneth Killers. The one and one strained Saquon Sparkly take on the one and two Dalvin and the Chipmunks. <coughs> Someone there is going one and three. The other one's getting back to even keel. A 2-1 kicking the squibs coming off. A bitter loss. Looking to finally sink a loss on the 3-0 Ross's sneaky hustlers. A 3-0 That's So Ravens. Take on a 1-2 fantasy football team. Can they keep their unbeaten start to the season going? Favourites there. One and two mediocre football team. High off a Go Coach of the Week award. Crushing victory. Take on the Scro Coach of the Week. Ben is all apologies, anti-vaxxers, and one and two. Again, one of those teams going to one and three to start the season. And another possibility of one and three. The one and two. Greendale's Benchwarmers. Take on the one and two. I might have to trade. A lot to play for this week. A couple of those matches, three of those matches, are going to end with teams on one and three. Puts themselves in a little bit of a hole. Big, big week ahead. Big week ahead. Yeah, definitely uh, some tasty matchups out here. And look, it's no one can be afforded to lose, really, because, you know, it's so early and it's so tight. Do you know what I mean? So... You have to win every week, but um, I'm definitely not as confident as I was last week going up against Ross, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> so, plus I got spanked last week, so it's hard to come out confident of a spanking. But uh, uh, yeah, that could be 2-2 two two myself, but look, 2-2, two two, not a bad start. Wouldn't want to be 1-3, can't be 1-3, so it'll be good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, ditto. 
I'm trying to get to two and two. Haul Kieran back down to two and two. We'll, uh, we'll see how that works out. And uh, yeah, your, your game looks like a game of the week. Three and all plays a two and one. They're the only two winning sides uh, playing against each other. And uh, yeah, it looks tasty. Uh, Keen has a big uh, a big night ahead of him to try and uh, slow down Stevens juggernaut. Um, but yeah, lots of exciting play. Lots of exciting uh, stuff to come. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's going to be some real close matchups this week. I think um, it's really going to come down to the wire. I think I feel like this week. Um, there look everyone who's playing everyone has been kind of scoring similarly uh, for the last number of weeks. So it's going to be interesting. Who can uh, who can pull away and who's going to get left in the sludge? Yeah, absolutely. Alrighty, that does us for week four and the rundown of the balls deep. Dynasty Fantasy Football League. Signing off until next week. Enjoy this week's action, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.